Well, welcome OneChurch.tv. How you guys doing out there? Fantastic. I hope you guys have a lot of good plans uh, planned for this uh, Memorial Day weekend. And uh, it's uh, such an honor to be with you guys. I am super stoked about this series. This is a series that literally we had planned on doing a year ago uh, and when we were in the school, but we were in the process of transitioning from the school to the movie theater. So this series has literally been a year and a half in the making. So uh, uh, if it stinks, uh, I have been stinking for the past year and a half. So uh, anyway, welcome to One Church. Uh, I am so excited about what's going to happen today with some of you because some of you, you are going to man up, you are going to woman up, and you're going to do some things uh, for your life spiritually, physically, emotionally that you've been needing to do for quite some time, but you never have quite done it yet for whatever reason. And I am so, so excited about this series because the potential for you guys to do some things with your life is beyond amazing. In fact, look around. Look at the like people next to you and things. Uh, you kind of we have like an underwater scene going on here because we are in a shark series. One of the things that we're going to be looking at over the next five weeks is that all of us swim with sharks. We do. We all swim with sharks. Some of you you may see some people in there like, oh, she's a shark. Oh, he's a shark. Right. Some of you you swim at sharks at work. Some of you you go home to a family filled with sharks. And we're going to be looking at how to navigate shark-filled waters uh, over these next five weeks. I'm really excited about teaching this series. Quick question. How many of y'all are planning on going away for summer? Let me hear you. All right. Vacation is around the corner. It's the reason why I'm wearing my Aloha shirt and my white Shorts, right? White, there's something like you're not, not supposed to wear white until after Memorial Day or before Veterans Day or, or Labor Day, Easter. Okay, see, I ain't got a clue. Y'all know that I am so fashion sensitive. Anyway, um, but uh, I am looking forward to vacation. How many of y'all are planning on going away for the beach for this year for vacation? Let me hear you. All right, so you might not want to be in this series for the next five weeks. Because some of the things that you're going to be seeing on the screen behind me and some other stuff may make it, you know, give you some second guesses about going into the water. In fact, some of you, with some of the challenges I'm going to be getting, you may even have second chances of like even going to church. Because just when you thought it was safe to go back to church, we're in this shark series. In fact, everybody put your hands up like this. All right, put them together and put them on top of your head. It goes, shark series! I promise you, I'll only do that about 20 more times. Um, I love the beach. I do. I love going to the beach. And I I used to be a lifeguard. Some of you, you may not know that about me. Uh, And I I, I love the pool. I love the water. Uh, I love swimming at the beach. I love, like, being on the shores of the beach. And I have, I've surfed. Uh, I have never scuba dived. I've snorkeled. Uh, I've like went deep in the water because I got big lungs because I got a lot of hot air. And I have uh, been to the beaches of Gulf Shores and Pensacola, Virginia Beach. I used to live there in Outer Banks. Uh, I've been to Laguna Beach in California. I've been to Santa Monica Beach. I've been to the. Uh, I've surfed the waves at Waikiki Beach uh, in Oahu. I've been on the black sands uh, of uh, the beach there in the Big Island of Hawaii. Uh, I have been amazed at the surf of the north shore of Oahu. Uh, I have been, uh, at, I fed the fishes at, fish at Hanama Bay. 
and I've also uh, swam with sea turtles and sharks in Lahaina Beach and Lahaina Bay there in Maui. But none of those experiences could really measure up to my summer of 1983. The summer of 83, I was 12 years old at the time, and I will never forget what happened that year. Because that year, uh, my parents, uh, my dad used to work for the airline, so we used to get free tickets anywhere in the world. And it sounds a whole lot more amazing than it actually was, I promise you. Um, so, but we went to uh, Orlando, and it was 1983 that Jaws 3 and 3D came out. Now, uh, if you've seen, how many of y'all have seen Jaws 3? Okay, so maybe one person, I see you, all right? Uh, only about one person has seen that, because it's an awful movie. I mean, Jaws 1, fantastic, right? Steven Spielberg. Jaws 2, it was good. Jaws 3, and uh, uh, Jaws 3 and 3D, that's when you had to wear the, like, the, the red and the blue glasses. Anybody remember that? Oh, my gosh. Um, so uh, it was actually filmed on location in SeaWorld in Orlando. So we're like, okay, we're going to go to Orlando. We're going to go to SeaWorld, so let's go see the movie beforehand. Bad mistake. So we went to go see it, and then we went uh, to SeaWorld, and it was kind of fun. The next day we went to Cocoa Beach. And we were, needless to say, a little bit skittish because of all the sharks and all that stuff. In fact, we were so skittish that my dad decided to pull a Roy Schneider on Jaws. Kind of like this clip I want to show you. Here it is. What happened in 1983 at Cocoa Beach was we were all swimming out in the ocean. My dad was up on the beach. And from the beach, he sees fins. And he pulls a Roy Schneider, get out of the water! Shark in the water, get out of the water! He is freaking out, right? And everybody's screaming. And, I mean, it's, it's, it was a wonderful time. And, uh, and then until this one little kid who was a local at Cocoa Beach, uh, said, excuse me, mister, uh, that's just a dolphin. And uh, it was one of those things. Here's one of the things, by the way, for those who are going to the beach. If you see a fin protruding out of the water and it's constant, that's when it's really bad. But dolphins, they bob up and down. So, And if you have constant fins swirling in your lives and circling your life today, you need to deal with them. Now, here's my question. How have you ever been the victim of a shark attack? 
Have you ever been the victim of a shark attack? My goal today is simply, I'm going to try to save some of you some pain. I'm going to try to save some of you some emotional pain, some physical pain, some spiritual pain. For many of you, this is going to be one of the most important life-saving messages that you could ever hear, especially if you apply what I'm going to encourage you to apply today. It may, in fact, save you from a shark attack in the future, and you're going to thank me later. I'm going to challenge you over the next five weeks to get outside of your comfort zone and to practice this one simple tried and true principle. Here it is. It's going to be on the screen behind me. Never swim alone. Can you say that with me? Never swim alone. Never swim alone. That is the number one rule at the beach. If you want to stay protected from sharks, never swim alone. Now here's what I know about you. There are far too many of us in this theater today who are swimming alone. You're going at it alone. You're facing it alone. You're dealing with the issues and pressures of life alone. You're trying to grow. You're trying to advance. You're trying to mature spiritually, but you can't because you're alone. You're making decisions alone. You're raising kids alone. You and your spouse, you're coming to church alone. You're spending your money alone. Maybe even you're grieving alone. Some of you are celebrating alone. The point is, you're breaking the number one rule that we all learned as kids. You're swimming alone. Did you know that one out of every four Americans said that they have no, zero, zilch, nada, close friends with them to discuss personal matters. And over 50% of those named two or fewer people that they're close with. Most of them were family members. Americans are more socially isolated than they were 20 years ago, even though we all are more social media driven. Let me give you a truth today, and it's our big idea. And it's simply this. Alone, you'll never get where God wants to take you. Alone. Can you say alone? Alone... You will never get where God wants to take you. It's that simple. You will never get there. You will never get there if you're swimming alone. Let me restate it another way. You'll never get where you want to spiritually if you're not connected to others relationally. Let me say that again. You'll never get where you want to spiritually if you're not connected to others relationally. You might be thinking, well, I'm not swimming alone. I'm surrounded by people all the time, people at work, people at the, uh, you know, people in your house, people, you know, at the bar, people, whatever, people at, at the movie theater. But I simply want to say this, are they the right people? And are they swimming in the right direction? Because if they're the wrong people swimming in the wrong direction, it's like you're swimming alone. So I want to tell you three things that happen in your life when you swim alone today. Go ahead and jot these down, by the way. If you have your phone, you're welcome to check in uh, to uh, the One Church Facebook page. But I really want you to get your phones out so that you can check and you can download the Bible app. 
you can go to the uh, event, uh, live events, and it has all of the notes on there today. And we have graphics on there that you can post on Instagram or Facebook. And it's a great way that you can be able to share what's happening and what you're learning today. So Bible app, here we go. The first thing about swimming alone, when I swim alone, I am missing the right, what is it? Perspective. If you're in the water swimming alone, you can't see what's around you. You just can't. I'm afraid that's how a lot of us live our lives. We're swimming through life alone, and there's no way that you can see what's around you because you lack perspective. The reason why lifeguards get up on a big lifeguard stand, either at a pool or up on the beach, is so they can get high enough so that they can be able to see everything that's around them. When you swim alone... You miss the right perspective. They're high up on their perch, and they can see what's going down in the water. When you're swimming through life, you need somebody on that lifeguard stand who's willing to look over your life and see when you're just one step away from getting a chunk bit out of you. Never swim alone. And some of you, you may have seen this on YouTube, but here's a video. Uh, video is going to play behind me. I'm just going to want to walk with you. This is an actual real footage of a lady. By the way, all that over on the left, all those are sharks. See them? There's a lady who's going to be just five feet away from these sharks, and she doesn't see them. Why? Because she doesn't have the right perspective. Now, up on the helicopter, you can see them. It's evident. Those are sharks, right? And I tell you, uh, up on the lifeguard stand, look at look how close she is. She doesn't see them. She is just moments away from terrible danger. Oh, she sees them now. Run. Look at me. She's running. They're, they're swimming fast away. I tell you, there's danger all around her, and she is oblivious. She doesn't even know it. Why? Because she's swimming alone. She doesn't even know that she's surrounded by sharks. Unfortunately, this is how most of us live our lives. When we swim alone, we lack perspective. We, we lack people high up on their purchase saying, hey, Chris, I don't know if that's such a wise financial decision. Chris, I don't know if you should be doing that on Saturday night with your friends. Chris, I don't know. I mean, have you thought about what this, this decision, how it's going to impact your kids? You see, we are often unaware that we are just one step away from making a huge mistake in our lives. Here's what the Bible says. Where there is no counsel... The people do what? Fall. But in a what? Multitude of counselors, what happens then? There's safety. You see, when you have multiple people giving you perspective that you yourself cannot see, there is safety. you got to have somebody up high up on the lifeguards. you got to give people permission to be able to hold you accountable. Another translation of the same verse says, there is wisdom. And that's what we all want, right? For a lot of us, wisdom is what's missing in our lives. We're missing the wisdom and the safety that comes from swimming with other people. When people are swimming with us in the right direction, when we're not swimming alone, we get perspective. Some of us, we're not just swimming alone. We're swimming with the people who are giving us the wrong perspective. Think about it. If all of your friends have broken marriages... What do you expect your marriage to be any different? It won't be any different. When all of your friends are barely making ends meet because they're making stupid mistakes with their money, how do you expect to make 
good decisions with your money. If you're getting financial advice from your your, uh, broke uncle, then you're getting the wrong perspective. If all of your single friends think that they're going to have the time of their life uh, on Saturday night at the club, then you're getting the wrong perspective. You need to make sure that you give five people in your life, that you have five people around you swimming in the right direction, swimming with you. Who people who you give permission to be on the lifeguard stand of your life, keeping watch over you, giving you the right perspective. Here's another verse out of the Bible. The wisest person who ever lived, Solomon, wrote these words. He who walks with the wise does what? Grows wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. Everybody say suffer. Let me tell you, if you hang out with the wrong people, you will suffer. Now, Solomon doesn't say a companion of fools becomes a fool. He says a companion of fools suffers harm. That means if you do your your life with fools, eventually you're going to suffer some consequences. You may not become a fool, but if you're hanging out with people who have open wounds and are bleeding in the water, don't be surprised if you you become the victim of a shark attack. If you want to be wise, do you want to be wise? Church, do you want to be wise? Do you want to suffer harm? Good. It's all contingent upon who you're swimming with. Let me say it another way. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Now, here's the thing. For most of us, we want to apply this to our kids, right? I mean, we tell this to our our, our third grader. We tell this to our sixth grader. We definitely tell this to our tenth grader, right? For most of us, for adults, we fail to apply this ourselves, Let me tell you, if you're hanging out with people who are always complaining, you're going to be a complainer. If you're hanging, adults, if you're hanging out with negative people, then don't be surprised if your name becomes Nancy and you're negative. Right? I mean, if you're hanging out with people who don't make it a habit to go to church, guess what? It's going to become your lifestyle. And you will stop going to church. Who you're with determines where you're going. It's that simple. And what would it be like if you had five people in your life who were swimming in the same direction you were swimming? Five people trying to live their life as Jesus wants them to live their life. How would your life be different if you had how many? Five. Everybody put your hand up. All right? And then I want you to point to the person saying, are you in my five? Go ahead. You see, I am asking you, my challenge to you is for you to find five people in your life, just five, who you give permission to say, you know what, You you can hold me accountable. You can be there for me. You see, I would say for most of us, if we had five people, that would be life changing. It would. Wouldn't you agree that for most of us, if you had five people in your life five years ago, you would you wouldn't have made some of the dumb mistakes you've made, right? You wouldn't have made that bad financial purchase. You would not have gotten divorced. Some of you, you wouldn't have gotten married to the Yahoo you've been divorced from, right? If you just had five people five years ago in your life saying, you know what, I don't know if that's the wisest choice for you to make. You see, all of us need five people in our lives, swimming in the right direction, giving us the right perspective. Another verse, Solomon As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Let me tell you, when when iron hits iron, what happens? Sparks fly. Now let me tell you, that's the reason why we need friends in our lives. 
We need friends in our lives who will confront us. And sometimes there's some conflict, there's some sparks, right? And by the way, when I say sparks fly in a friendship, I'm talking about, you know, like a, I'm not talking about like friends with benefits, right? Like you want to make some sparks fly? Come on. That's not what I'm saying. I know it's one church, so I've got to parse everything that I say. Right? I do. So I'm simply saying this. You have somebody who's willing to call you on the carpet and saying, that's not right. I have people like that in my life. I had, just this past week, I said something stupid because I'm a preacher. I'm, I'm always talking. And I, 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 there's, a, there's a verse in Proverbs where many, when there's many words, sin abounds. And I struggle with that because my mouth is always open right? And I'm usually, sometimes, sometimes I'm saying some really good stuff. Other times I'm like, I need to shut my mouth, right? I need to do what my mom says. And somebody confronted me on it. And I had to apologize and say, I'm wrong. Please forgive me. Some of you, you need to do that as well. You need some people who are willing to make sparks fly and to call you on the carpet on some of your decisions. Secondly, when I'm alone, when I swim alone, I get tired. I get tired. I get tired. I get weary. No one should swim alone. It, I mean, when you swim alone, it's just kind of boring, right? A short swim can feel like a very long one when you swim alone. But when you have the right people swimming with me, man, I, I get encouraged. I, I get energized. I get motivated. Man, I do. I get spurred on to swim harder and faster and better. But the, and that's the reason why I never swim alone, and you shouldn't either. You need people around you swimming with you, reminding you and talking to you about Christ in you. Listen, this is Hebrews 10, 23. This is what it says. Let us hold, what is that word? Unswervingly. Let's just, just camp out here for a second. In the Greek, the word unswervingly means unswerving. Deep thoughts with Chris Edmondson here. I'm just saying. You see, what unswerving is, if, if, you have, if you have ridden with a teenager, you've not been unswerving. Because teenagers are usually like this. If you've ridden with me, you, it, it, it's, it's been unswerving. I don't need any amens or agreements on this. I'm just saying, all right? That's my wife speaking to me right now. So, you see, I am a terrible driver. And I know this about me. I do, I do. Because, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm praying, and I'm, 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 I'm singing. I got my hands up, I'm like, you know, you need to, and I'm, I'm like, I'm like uh, trying to steer the wheel, you know, like with my leg and my crotch, and it's not pretty, just saying. But, man, I'm having a great time praising Jesus and almost getting to meet him. Um, I, I just unswervingly, I mean, this is swervingly. Can we all be agreed with that, right? This is unswerving. Here's the thing. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that you and I profess for he who is promised is faithful. Don't you want to be unswerving and consistent in your walk with God? I do. I mean, don't you want to see some consistent victory over temptation? Yeah, I do. Do you want to be unswerving and consistent in your marriage? I do. Yeah, you want to be consistent in your parenting. Anyone? Let me hear you. Yes. You want to, don't you want to look back a year from now and say, you know what? My walk with God has been more consistent than it ever has been. Yeah, I've had some stuff and I didn't do the right thing. I've veered to the left, veered to the right. But overall, I've been unswerving and I've been consistent. Man, I want to be that way. Well, if you want to be unswerving, then you're going to have to do what the next verse says. And it says this, and... 
let us consider. That and connects these two thoughts. If you want to be unswerving, then you've got to do what he's getting ready to tell us to do. And let us consider. What part of the body do we use when we're considering stuff? Our brains. Let us think about. Let us ponder how we may spur. All right, spur is, uh, everybody knows what spurs are. You have on the bottom of boots, and when you're on a horse, you spur the horse. What does the horse do? They giddy up and go. And if you spur it hard, that horse, she gone, right? She's going fast. Spurring is not a fun thing. Can we all be agree with that if you're the animal? No one likes to be spurred. But what he's saying, if you want to be unswerving, then you've got to figure out how you can let other people spur you on encourage you, motivate you, challenge you, nag you, yes, prod you to prod one another on towards love and good deeds. This is such a powerful combination. He's saying, if you want to be unswerving in your faithfulness to God, if you want to be unswerving in your consistency, unswerving in your convictions, if if you made some decisions about some entertainment issues, if you made some decisions about what you look at on the Internet, if you made some decisions on how you run your business, how you prioritize your family and work. You've made these decisions, and you hope to be unswerving. Well, I'll tell you, if you're in the Army, you know that hope is not a plan. Did you know that? In fact, look at the person next to you and say, hope ain't a plan. It's not a plan. You can hope you're going to be unswerving and consistent, but I promise you, you will fall. What you need is a multitude of people. You need to give people permission to spur you and nag you and to hold you accountable and get up in your business and up in your grill and saying, what do you think you're doing? You need that. I need that. If you made some important decisions, if you want to be consistent, then don't swim alone. You'll never get where God wants you to be alone. It's that simple. It is impossible for you to grow spiritually if you're not connected relationally. He continues, Don't stop meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. See, we need encouragement. All the more as you see the day approaching. You won't grow as a Christian if you stop coming to church. Did you know that? See, some people say, Chris, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. You don't need church to be a Christian. But if you want to be a growing Christian, then you have to come to church. Do you know what you call somebody who doesn't go to church regularly? Uh, you call, what do you call that Christian? An orphan. You see, if you don't have a regular, a regular Christian home, a church home, your relationships will suffer and you will become discouraged. You'll never get where God wants you to be alone. It's that simple. You will get tired real quick if you're swimming alone. You need to have five people in your life swimming in the same direction that can spur you on to get in your business, to encourage you, and to push you in the right direction. And nobody likes it at the time, but I promise you, those people that's been there in my life and said, you know what, I don't know if that's such a wise idea. I I never liked it at the time. But later, when I heeded their warning and I didn't become the victim of a shark attack, man, I thanked him later. Finally, I am unprotected when I swim alone. I'm unprotected when I swim alone. Nobody's got my back. Nobody's watching out for me. 
Nobody's protecting me from the dangers of other sharks. You need five other people swimming with you in your life in the same direction. You need five people in your life who's willing to drop everything and say, I will be there for you. Here's my prediction. And I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but over the next 12 months, some of you will lose someone that you love. Some of you will go to a doctor and get a bad doctor's report of your health. Over the next 12 months, some of you will have children who will make some really bad decisions. Some of you will suffer a devastating blow when it comes to relationships. Some of you, you're going to come, come up and hit a significant financial border. And it just, you're going to hit it hard. It's like, what am I going to do when it comes to my money? And when that happens, who are you going to call? Who, who, who are you, you going to speak to? Who, who, who's going to be there when you're tempted to make a dumb decision and veer off? Who's going to be, protect you? Who's going to stand beside you at the graveside? Who is going to help clean the house when you're too sick to clean it? Who will be there to cry with you, to pray with you, to laugh with you, to celebrate with you, to sit up all hours of the night with you? If you're swimming alone, you are unprotected. Don't make that mistake. Because over the next 12 months, you're going to need some people in your life who are there swimming with you to protect you. Have you guys seen this video of the surfer who was attacked by a seven-foot great white shark during a surfing competition? Watch this video. You see that guy? By the way, that guy, he's fine. Nothing happened. In in week four and week five, we're going to hear some more of his story. But that seven-foot great white shark was right there. And thank God for his sake, he was not swimming alone. He had the right people in his life who were swimming in the right direction with him. And they came to his rescue. By the way, did you listen to the announcer? Oh, my gosh, look at that shark. By the way, how how helpful is that if you're the announcer, right? Right? Oh, gosh. You should get out of the water. Thanks, dude. You're not in the water with me. But let me stop it. We're all laughing. But isn't it true that for most of us, when it comes to church, we all feel like there's announcers all around us? Oh, look at it. He's getting ready to divorce his wife. And everybody talks. Oh, look at that. Their kids getting in trouble with the law again. And it feels like we have announcers all in our life. Telling us all the bad things that's happening. We, can we all just be honest? We don't need announcers. We need people in the water with us so that when we're getting ready to make that dumb decision or if a, a seven-foot great white shark attacks, somebody can go, bam, for Jesus. Right? You can get up all up in your business and you're, there may be some blood in the water, but some of that blood's going to be the sharks because I am there with you. And I will not let you do life alone. Man, we need people like that. 
Let me say this. The flip side is true. You need to be that person in the life of someone else. You need to be pushed beyond yourself, beyond meism and selfishness and inward thinking. There are some times when you need to protect other people and you need to be that five for those other people. There are times, let me tell you, there are, you are never more like Jesus when you're not thinking of yourself and you're thinking for other people. I love that. You have to be intentional, though. See, all of us, we get excited and we clap. Preach it. Preach it, pastor. Preach it. Preach it. All right? But all, look, look at the person next to you. Can you even see their face? Some of you are like, no, right, it's too dark. I get that. It's a movie theater. But you know what? Here's what I know. See, we don't go to the movies to connect with people, right? Now, some of you, how many of y'all, y'all been to the movie and it's that loud person in front of you? Anyone? Let me hear you. It's like, come on, dude. I, I paid $25 to see this movie, right? And see, you don't have to pay $25. I, 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 I'm good for nothing. Right? That's what you need to know. All right? Some of y'all need to tweet that. My point is this. You're not going to connect with people in this environment. You're not. You're not going to get to know people in this environment. It's going to take you getting out of the movie theater environment, flipping on the lights and saying, I want to be intentional about either doing two things, getting into a group or serving on a team. It's going, to be, it's going to take you being intentional about that. Some of you, you need to take a step and get in a group. And let me tell you, we're going to make this really easy for you. Because, not starting this week because it's Memorial Day, but starting the following week, we're going to have groups meeting at the church offices on Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, and Thursday night. And for not, not for a year, but for four weeks, we're going to challenge everybody in one church. Everybody say Everybody. Everybody for you not to swim alone. By the way, these groups are going to be staff-led groups. I'm leading a Tuesday night group. Luther, our executive pastor, is leading a Thursday night group. I think uh, Dave, our student pastor, uh, he's leading a Sunday night group. Katie Matthews is leading a Monday night group. There's going to be people. If you want to get to know some of us better, and especially if you want to get to know other people in this church better, You're going to have to take the initiative and get off the beach and get in the water because we're encouraging no one to swim alone with this. And this, again, you're welcome to text SHARK to 25827 to get more information about this. And we're going to tell you what times and all of that, but you're going to have to do it. I can't make you. You're going to have to get off the beach and say, "I'm, I'm tired of swimming alone. Or, if not in a group, just start serving i got to brag on a dude real quick. A good friend of mine, his name is Matt Langner. This is Matt's picture behind me. I love Matt to death. Matt, uh, uh, I love this dude. Let me tell you, Matt had been coming to one church for years, and I never knew his name for two reasons. Number one, I'm awful with names. We can all agree with that. But another reason that I didn't know Matt's name is because he never got off the beach. He, was, he just sat on the bench. And he never got involved. He wasn't in a group. And he wasn't serving anywhere. And he said, you know what? Enough of that. I'm going to serve somewhere. And he started serving in our media team. He started running a camera. And it was then that I got to know, oh, his name is Matt. Hey, Matt, how you doing? We'd see each other 6 o'clock every Sunday morning. Hey, Matt, how you doing? And it was just kind of that. I got to know it was just kind of a surface level. Until one day... Matt, he had a really bad day. 
he wrecked and totaled his car on the bypass. Somebody let me know that Matt was in trouble. And I drove to the bypass and picked him up on that Monday and took him back where we were grilling out. We were grilling out steaks. He sat down at the, at the table and he says, you know what, this, this was a really bad day and it's turned out pretty good. And you know what, Matt hasn't stopped coming to the house every Monday night. He's been coming to, to my folks' house for the past two and a half years. Matt's going to be at that house tomorrow, right? Now, how did that all happen? Matt decided, you know what, I'm going to stop sitting on the bench or sitting on the beach, and I am going to get in the water where other people are at. And he took a step, and he joined the team. Some of you, you can do that today. Let me show you other, other pics of Matt. Um, here's another one, uh, us at a <laughs> baseball game. Okay, uh, Here's another one, though. Matt doesn't serve in cameras anymore. He serves at our four-year-old class. And let me tell you, those kids love Matt. Most of those kids need a father figure. As you know, a lot of our church is military, and uh, many of the men are downrange, or they're always kind of cycling through, and Matt is a constant. He is a constant small group for some of those four-year-olds. And I was hanging out with Matt last night at Buffalo Wild Wings on the patio watching God's Light Show last night. And he was just talking about, man, I, I love serving. He says, I, I really don't do that much in four-year-olds. I just I, I laugh with them and I play with them. And I said, Matt, you are making a huge difference. Let me tell you, I can encourage Matt. Matt encourages me. And all of that happened because Matt was willing to get off the beach and get off the bench and say, I'm not going to do life alone anymore. What's it going to take for you to do that? Let me tell you this. Simply, you will never get where you want to go, where God wants you to be alone. You're not. So my challenge, do not leave this theater today without texting shark to 25827. My challenge is for you to get in a group to get five people around you over the next five weeks. And this ends in the end of June. And then after that, if you liked it, you've just kind of dipped your toe into the water of community. And in August, we're going to start longer term groups. But don't wait. Some of you are like, well, I'm going to be gone one of those weeks. Okay, that's fine. It's kind of an in and out group. But my challenge don't swim alone. Don't do life alone. Let's pray. God, we love you. I thank you. God, I pray that we would laugh. We would have a good time during this, during these talks and during the sermon series. But God, I pray that none of us would choose to do life alone. Lord, that we would live life in community. That we would hook our arms together with four or five other people and say, you know what? Even those during those darkest times of your life, you are not alone. No one, one church can be the place where no one has to do life alone. Lord, I pray that you would allow us, that you would spur us on, that we would give people access in our life to say, no, stop it. Don't do that. Is that the wisest choice? Are you making the smart decision? Give us those people. Let us be intentional today. For it's in your precious name that we pray.